0: Reclaimed is the podcast about the woman's journey of reclaiming her sense of self, her voice, and ultimately her power through somatics, embodiment, breath work, plant medicine, and conversation. I'm Kyla Ganyan, and this is Reclaimed. I am running an event, a free event, inside of The Essentials, March 4th to 8th and you don't want to miss it it's called the spiritual spring clean and it's myself and two absolute powerhouses a kundalini teacher and an EFT tapping master we're coming together to lead you through five days of live classes inside of the essentials this is free for everybody you get seven days free in the essentials when you join so we're gonna run the program through that timeline Join us, please. You don't want to miss it. All of the information is in the show notes. I will see you then. Hello, sweet friends. Welcome back to the conversation. I have a super rad guest today i have danielle reedy commonly known as dk she's an olympian an author a speaker and a coach and after quantum leaping into the surreal reality of competing at the rio 2016 olympic games as part of australia's synchronized swimming team she felt her soul calling her to share her impossible journey with the world danielle's first book The unlikely Olympian was revealed to the world last year, as she was finishing off an 18 year career as an athlete after five years on the national team an Olympics, three world championships and making history as competing as Australia's first mixed duet in 2019, she felt the call to pivot from the sporting world and dive full time into inspiring and coaching other women. 2020 was the year that she was originally planning to attend her second Olympic games. However, her soul pulled her as it does down a different path of moving to Bali, one of my favorite places and sharing her story, wisdom, inspiration, energy, and learnings with the world. DK now is a women's empowerment coach using the pillars of self worth and mindset to help women shift their lives through her coaching retreats and programs. This conversation is good. We had a lot of fun. It got a little funny at the end. And I'm so excited for you to meet and fall in love with DK. Hello, love. <laughs> Hello. Hi. Um I was thinking today we we've met, you know, one time in real mm-hmm. human form almost a year ago. Almost a yeah. year ago actually, like it was March, yeah. It was March. It was middle of March, yeah. Amazing. I'm so happy to, to have you here. To... I'm so
1: happy to be here. I remember and um, I went to a event with you and Cam and mm-hmm. um, you led a meditation and mm-hmm. the- I am very particular about my meditations that I like of the people that I listen to because yeah. some people just don't have the voice for it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I listen to my own meditations a lot, but I, I've heard your meditation and I was like, mm, it's like caramel, you know, oh. for the ears. I, it was beautiful. So I was like, I like this girl.
0: <laughs> yes. Thank you. Well received. Yeah. Yeah. That was such a cool event. Um, Side note, congratulations on your, new marriage yes thank you
1: thank you it's still getting used to it but it's actually really nice to be married to be honest I'm really enjoying it and um people say that you oh well people are like oh nothing changes but I feel like when you're in a growth oriented relationship like Mm -hmm. at least for us and and marriage isn't for everyone but it was for us like it really did it just felt like a really big energetic shift in our relationship and and in our vision for life so that was really cool to witness
0: Yeah. I love that. And isn't that, you know, in the perfect world, what it should be. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's significant. Like it should, I think it should, something should feel different. That's a, it's a big deal. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Um, straight out of the gates. I'm just going to ask the question. What are you
1: reclaiming these days? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you just hit me with it. I've been <laughs> reflecting today on like where I have been reclaimed in my life, but I'm mm-hmm. like, what am I reclaiming now? I'm not pretending you know- I have my
0: answer either. So
1: oh, OK, I'm just yeah, I'm just throwing it okay. out there. You know, one of the things that I've been really working on this year is um I'm a manifesting generator so I'm fast and efficient Mm -hmm. okay yeah but like that has its downfalls right because you can skip steps and rush and um I've been really focusing on the past couple months realizing where that's been like a sabotage pattern within myself was like where am I actually stopping myself from without sounding super masculine, like reaching my higher, pot- highest potential in my work, in what I do because I'm being so quick with what I'm doing. And so I've been really working on like focusing on being more detail oriented. Um, and so I think it's like, I don't know what level of reclamation that is, but it's been, felt really good. And like mm-hmm. reclaiming like the quality that I put out into the world um, and like reclaiming slowness. Ah, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's funny that you say slowness.
0: I feel like the universe is, is doing this thing to me where it's like, Hey, don't forget, don't forget, don't forget. So similar, like I move fast also manifesting generator. I move fast and I've been an entrepreneur my whole life. So yeah. there's like, there's almost been this, like, I, I don't know how to slow down. Cause if I slow down, then mm-hmm. I stop. And if I stop, then I like starve. And if I starve, then I die. Like I can't stop. Yeah. And, yeah. and, um, wow. Yeah. My like life lesson, this, this lifetime is to learn to be slow and
1: do things slow. And you'd think that would be easy and it's, it's just, just not God. that easy. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's not easy. I was listening to your, actually your story on your podcast earlier and resonated so hard with that, you know, cause I was an athlete for many years and like, I think you know, women athletes are like ingrained to like push past your boundaries and like work really hard and, you know, waking up at, you know, 5am every day, 4am every day to work out. And not that it's that that's necessarily a bad thing, but it's like, just go, 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 go. And it's being female athlete is amazing because women are fucking incredible. But at the same time, you're told to ignore like the normal cycles that it is to be a woman, which means like (laughs) we have periods of like bursts of energy and then we do need to come back in slowness. And that led me to my own level of like chronic fatigue and like over exhaustion. And so my journey now is just allowing myself to go with the rhythms and like the slowness is uncomfortable, but it's, there's also so much power in that. Um, and now that I've done the work to face myself, I'm not afraid of the slowness because the slowness used to be scary because with stillness comes thoughts. And if you haven't faced your thoughts, they're <laughs> very scary, right?
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the work. <laughs> I feel like- That's the work. That is the work, which I'm sure we'll get into because we both do very similar things now. Um, Tell us a little bit about, tell me a little bit about, I know a little bit about, but I want more details of your your journey. It's amazing. Yeah.
1: Um, I've had a really interesting journey to leading to what I do today. There's kind of two parts to it. The first part of it is I grew up in Vancouver, Canada where I am now um, as a very insecure, self-conscious young woman unfortunately but also it was an incredible gift and i was in this bizarre wacky incredible sport of synchronized swimming which is also (laughs) called artistic swimming um and i was never the best i was never the most talented i was kind of the person that everyone knew wasn't going anywhere at 18 years old when i was in grade 12 i retired there was nowhere else for me to go and i thought that was the end of the line and life and universe took me down a different path when three years later, um, I was in university at going to UBC. I had a concussion one day at a, at a practice, uh, a synchro practice that I was going to, I had pre- previously trained competitively. And then I continued, um, in university, just training for fun, you know, because, you know, that's why we do sport as well, which I had to learn. <laughs> and I got a really bad concussion and that, if anyone has ever had a concussion, the only way to heal a concussion is to do nothing and rest your brain. And for somebody who is afraid of themselves, who for someone who has low self-esteem, low self-confidence, that's probably like the most scary thing you could ever do. Because previously I was working three jobs and I was going to university and I was training mm-hmm. and um, and I all of a sudden had to face myself and that was the first moment when i started to get into meditation because literally it's all you can do um and that was also just before i was about to turn 21. the day after my 21st birthday i was on the phone with a girlfriend of mine at the time who was a previous teammate she got a facebook message from the assistant national team coach for the australian synchronized swimming team both of us were you know not at a competitive level anymore but this coach reached out to her because my friend had Australian Canadian dual citizenship and mm-hmm. had done synchronized swimming it was 2013 the end of 2013 the 2012 olympics the previous year and a lot of the team retired and they were working on rebuilding the team she reached out to her and she said any chance you'd want to come out try out for the australian team we're trying to rebuild the team so they qualify for the 2016 Rio olympics and as a as a friend i was like this is amazing you got to do this i mm-hmm. believe in you cheering her on um <laughs> as we often do for our friends but don't do the same for ourselves and <laughs> I um, was cheering her on and then she was always a much better athlete than myself. After about half an hour, the excitement wears off and she turns around, and she looks at me and she's like, well, Danielle, you could do this too. You know, mm-hmm. you, you, my parents are both Australian, um, even though I was born in Canada oh. and I did synchronized swimming. I, but I'm at the time I'm in Canada, I have a concussion. I was never the most <laughs> talented, right? Like I basically, if you were to like stack up all the things that you possibly could against me, like I had, I had all the list mm-hmm. of reasons why I couldn't. And, um, at first I laughed I was like, there's no way. And I just kind of let that seed sink into my mind and sprout. And I really started to reflect on it. You know, that opportunity would not come around twice in a lifetime hmm and I realized that if I was to look back at my life when I was about to pass away some someday um I would want to have looked back and said at least I tried mm-hmm. even if I fail at least I had the courage to try I would mm-hmm. rather try and fail than always wonder who I could have been yeah and regretted and that yeah. little thought literally changed the trajectory of my life and (laughs) even though I was so scared of judgment and I was so scared of failure and so scared of what everyone was going to think of me and like so scared of how the heck I'm going to make this happen I was luckily still young and naive and I Within six months, I officially dropped out of university. I moved across the world. I didn't know anyone. I moved to Perth, Australia. I had two suitcases, and I dove headfirst into this journey that eventually led me to the 2016 Olympic Games for Australia. Um, I competed on the team for five years, and I retired in 2019 when I was trying out for uh, when I was on my way to look see to see if I was going to go to the second Olympics in in 2020. Um, And the reason that I left sport on the other side is because I felt this pull to something else. Uh You know, I I made this vow with the universe on this whole leap to the Olympic Games. I was like, if I'm able to pull this off, like the biggest manifestation of my life, Uh it's so much bigger than me and I have to do something with it.
0: Mm-hmm. And so
1: that led me to leaving being an athlete um, because being an athlete is incredible, but it's also a very selfish pursuit because you have to be selfish.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: um, I moved into this world of initially I was wanting to do speaking, but uh, the pandemic hit and that wasn't really possible. And so it moved into yeah. this world of online coaching and um, now running programs and working with clients and running retreats um, and has mm-hmm. led into this whole nother world which I'm so grateful to be in.
0: Whoa. I got chills. I got chills, obviously. Yeah. That's a beautiful story. I got chills in that. I love that there was, and I don't know if your family brought you up in this way, but that deep sense of trust in something bigger than yourself,
1: Like, where did that Mm -hmm. come from for you? I actually grew up Catholic. So I was in Catholic school for 12 years. And I always resonated with the, the something bigger, but I never resonated with like the way that Catholics did it. Right. It was like, why do you have to go to confession? Like why do you need to be baptized, you know, to be allowed into heaven and all these things. Mm-hmm. And so from a young age, I mean, I'm a Scorpio, my son signs a Scorpio. So I'm like, a, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm here for the depth. Um, mm-hmm. And I was always just questioning that, mm-hmm kind of the structures and systems, but I believe the God part, the universe part. And yeah. I think that that allowed me to have that backing. And then through my twenties, it was really okay. I under, I believe this bigger thing. What does that look like and feel like for me outside of like the barriers of religion? And and I had to do a lot of work too, to like, even like in the past couple of years, I started to use the word God because previously mm-hmm. I would be like, I can't use that because mm-hmm. that felt like too much like in the church. Yeah. Um, it's been really beautiful to reclaim that word for myself on Mm -hmm. the, on the, uh,
0: yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to feed off of that. So I was raised with no, no religion. Mm Um, my, my dad's mom was very Catholic. And so it was always like, Oh, grandma's going to church. And it was always like grandma and, and none of her children and none of their children. And, um, yeah. It's interesting. And so the word God also to me was like, oh, that's for other people. Like I don't have mm-hmm. a relationship with this being that is God. And it's been just in the last few years, deepening into this work where, where that I'm, I'm really like wanting to call that in like, mm-hmm. like the God in each of us, this like there, there, there's just, yeah, there's it's to me, it's like a non-question. Of course, there's something bigger and, 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 <laughs> more powerful than this tiny little human and that word is starting it feels like it's making like a resurgence in a really powerful way and i'm i'm quite excited about it because i feel like there's so many of us who didn't have a relationship with that who are starting to open mm-hmm. to that and and there's so much power there absolutely
1: and it's so mm-hmm. i think it's really beautiful to see on all the different levels how people are reclaiming that word and that relationship because um unfortunately religion has Bastardized it. Mm But a a really powerful conversation I actually had with my dad. Um, My parents are, uh, my dad's about to turn 75. So I was, my parents were 43 when I was born. So they're quite a lot, you know, older than the average parents. And they grew up in Sydney, Australia. They, and I asked my dad, because he's similar to myself, quite a deep thinker, I was like, well, why are you Catholic? You know, like, why did you choose this one? And he goes, I was born into a Catholic family. I lived in the Catholic neighborhood. I went to a Catholic school. All my friends were Catholic. And the only way I would ever learn about another religion is if I went to the library. And I had this moment where I was like, he's, and because he said to me, he's like, I think maybe if I grew up in these days, like I might believe something different, but I've just believed this for all these years. And so it's a level of comfort. And that was really eye-opening to me because for a long time, I had a big like hatred against like the Catholic church and just Mm -hmm. this like oh, like you've done so much to so many people, Um, Mm -hmm. but it gave me, it it was a really beautiful way to reflect on, you know, the beauty of the internet and like Mm -hmm. the globalization of the world, because now we get to share these ideas. Like my Mm -hmm. dad literally couldn't learn about any other faith unless he went to the library. Like we're so privileged nowadays, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And,
0: you know, there's also something, the community that comes with with religion. Like like that's, Mm, that's so special. Cam and I live right down the road from a church and we both like, neither of us were raised with religion. Neither of us, you know, go to church and walking by every week and seeing the, the collaboration of all of these people coming together. Like we've said, like the world is missing this, you know, and it feels almost like church. Like I say, like the word God is like making this resurgent. It, It almost feels like I don't know, or if I'm just more aware of it, but like more and more people are finding community and finding camaraderie in church again. Like our church is just, it's like bumping. its It looks like a really good time. They're having like parties in the summer out on the grass. Yeah. They're always like, come on in, bring your dogs, come over. And we're like, yeah, we probably should, you know? Like it looks like a yeah. good time. So there's also that aspect of it, which- I feel like is similar to sports similar to like CrossFit yeah. is that community. It's, it's so important. And I know that you do a lot of one-on-one coaching I'm, and I, I'm correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe you do some group coaching as well, but do you find it? Well, I'm going to, I, I think I know the answer. Cause I know my answer. And I'm like, well, yeah. it's gotta be everyone's answer. Um, the potency in retreat, like when you're in that group, <sighs>
1: Oh my god! Can we just,
0: can we just talk about that for a minute?
1: Yeah, I do one-on-one coaching, but my, my favorite is actually working with groups of women Yeah, because I, and it, it comes full circle too, because I was in a team sport my whole life. So Mm -hmm. I was always on a team with eight women at minimum. And then sometimes we would have 12 or 16 on the squad. And I was brought up in close uh, barriers with women. And I'm. this is a sign I'm so grateful for. I was in an all-girls school and I went to an all-girls sport. I went, yeah, all-girls school and I was in an all-girls sport and I like just realize how incredible women are. And that's in, in the work that I do, it's like, there is so much healing and transformation. Literally, if you just hold space to bring women together and you strip back all of our layers of like, and our masks of who we think we are and, you know, our sisterhood wounds and just Mm in that in and of itself Mm -hmm. becomes like a, portal for healing and then if you actually bring in you know the breath work or the inner work or you know the somatics or whatever it may be it's just this real real beauty and I and I there is healing that you know of course can happen really powerful by yourself but it is so much more magical when you are together
0: it really is it yeah and it's it's almost unexplainable like I feel like my words never really do it justice um question for your synchro days Yeah. Was it, was it always sweet or what were you coming up again? Cause like young girls, you get a group of young girls Mm -hmm. together. It isn't always healing. (laughs) So what was that? That's so true.
1: What was that experience like for you? Was it always smooth? I'd say like 80% of it was because I'm very grateful, you know, to be it because of the dynamics of synchronized swimming, you have to get along or else it's not going to fucking work. Like you are lifting each other out of the water. And Mm -hmm. it is probably one of the most interwoven team dynamics in any sport, you know, um, Mm -hmm. like a sports psychologist or professional say that rowing and synchronized swimming are the most team dependent. So it's like, you got to sort your shit out before you get in the pool or else you're not going to (laughs) be getting, it's not going to be safe really. Um, so (laughs) there was a lot of and I think that's led me so naturally into what I do now. There was a lot of personal development and growth to be mm-hmm. able to like have quite good relationships. You know, we would purposely do team bonding activities because like the mm. deeper that you outside of, you know, the pool, because the more that you bond, the better you are in the pool. But mm-hmm. of course there was times, you know, when that didn't end up, you know, there was challenges that I speak about it a bit in my book, but the, the friend of mine that originally also got the offer to go to Australia, uh, her and my friendship through our our growth um, to the Olympics completely fell apart and she's not mm. a part of my life anymore. Um, and that was a beautiful learning lesson, but it was because of that jealousy. And mm-hmm. it was such a gift to experience that because in many ways I learned through Um, And she didn't end up making it to the Olympics, ironically, and she was always alone that was better. And it was this Mm -hmm. literally this case study where two girls from the same city moved to the same city in Australia that went after the same goal. One Mm -hmm. made it, one didn't. And so like, what's the difference? And, And one of the things that I really noticed was, you know, and I'm, humbly very proud of this, but like the level of self-awareness that I chose to have, realizing Mm -hmm. that I'm not the best person in the world. Mm -hmm. I will never be the best. And I'm always willing to grow and take feedback on. And because of her, the things that she had been through in her life, she had a lot of challenge getting constructive Mm -hmm. criticism. And Mm -hmm. that led to like her having challenges with her ego and challenges with the team dynamic and Mm -hmm. ultimately led her to not making the team. And so it was this really beautiful witnessing of, wow, like being the capacity to be self-aware is actually like one of the most powerful tools in success that I I think people undervalue. Yeah. Yeah. I don't disagree with you on that. And yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. And like, even in relationship, right? Like where, oh. where am I doing well? Where can I improve? Where can I realize that I'm not the smartest person in the room? Where can I take on feedback? Where can I take on feedback mm-hmm. to the point that it hurts my ego,
0: <laughs> you know, mm-hmm.
1: like that, it, but it's such a skill for growth in a long run. It, it really, really is.
0: I had an interesting conversation with a friend of mine the other day. Um, he and I work together and I really respect him. And I know he really respects me and Uh, I, I kept something from him. I didn't tell him something because I was still working through it in my mind. Um, and had I worked through it fully, one of the results would, would impact him. It would impact our working relationship. Anyways, he, he (laughs) heard through someone about it and Mm. called me on it and said, Hey, I want to talk to you about this, this thing. I heard X, Y, Z. And I actually, I have to tell you, like, I'm really, I'm mad at you. Like, I'm kind of pissed off that you didn't tell me. And, and then listed why, and instantly I went into like, Oh, what have I done wrong? Like I'm so bad. All of the, like, Mm -hmm. I'm in trouble storylines, but an old me would have gotten super defensive and Mm -hmm. like fought it, but I was able to like sit and listen to him to recognize also that him sharing that with me was a, that's also really vulnerable and really brave. And so I, I took it and I took it and he finished And we both ended up in tears, but I was able to share like, Hey, this is what's up. And I actually hadn't anyways, I told him my whole thing and it resulted so beautifully and it deepened Mm -hmm. our connection immediately. And the, like I, I left, I left where we were, drove home, got home and sat with it. And I was like, God, am I ever grateful that I I, have relationships with people that we can have these conversations And that, you know, that I can hold that and, and just really witnessing how that would not have happened even a few years ago. Mm. So it's, it's, yeah, it's
1: good work. It's hard work and it's hard, but it's like, it's so beneficial. I feel like in all of your relationships, right? Like even in my relationship, you know, with my now husband, still, still working on saying that husband, (laughs) Um, but you know. Like if I always think I'm right, that's going to eventually hurt our relationship, you know, Mm -hmm. and like being able to take responsibility for my part in it. Mm -hmm. And also and this is why I I love, you know, one of the pillars of what I do is helping women on their self-worth. It's because Mm -hmm. if we come from this foundation that we know that we're ultimately worthy right? No Mm -hmm. matter if we're not circumstantially worthy, we're ultimately worthy always. Mm -hmm. Then if someone gives us feedback, it doesn't mean that we're not worthy. It just means that we have spaces to grow, right? Because usually, and and we're all going to feel triggered initially, but usually the reason why people struggle with it is because if I accept that that's true, then that means that my core wound of not enough, not capable, Mm -hmm. not worthy, whatever it may be is, is true. And we will always fight to defend that.
0: Yeah. Yep. Okay, so let's talk about that a little bit because I know you do empowerment work with with your clients. Yeah. Are you strictly with
1: women? I have worked with, I've had some men come into my programs, but I just I seem to attract one mostly, yeah. Yeah,
0: and so you work in the pillars of self-worth and mindset. Can you, mm-hmm. yeah, tell me, why,
1: tell me why those two. A lot of my journey to the Olympic games I realized was the huge lesson in self-worth and mindset. I had this moment in, it was March, 2016. We had qualified our nation for the Olympics and we had to qualify ourselves. So, uh, a lot of people don't know this, but you can qualify a country, but you still individually have to qualify as an athlete within the, t- within the team. And so I was going into Olympic team trials and I was facing my teammates, and which is challenging. And I had this, moment about a week and a half before, where it really was this moment of, oh, okay, well, if I don't make this team, I literally am going to fail. Like, you know, that big fear Mm -hmm. of failure, like this will be a big fat failure. Mm -hmm. And, you know, A lot of people, when I started on my journey, they were doubting me. But at this point, we're about six months out from the Olympics. People were like backing me like I was improving. People were booking tickets. Like there was a lot of pressure, much less like, you know, (laughs) just people booking tickets, but also having to get on the team and and, you know, make it. And I had this moment where I was like, what if I don't make it and realizing now in hindsight, it was also this beautiful process of manifestation that I didn't really realize. Where I had this aha moment because I realized that it was never about the Olympics. Mm-hmm. It was actually about proving to myself that I was good enough. Mm-hmm. And I proved that to myself in the pursuit of going after the thing that I dared to dream about. Yeah. yeah. And that if I failed and I didn't make it, I was still enough because Mm -hmm. I showed myself how capable I was in the process. Mm -hmm. And I, in that moment, released my expectation. I was like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to go into this trial and do the best that I possibly can Mm -hmm. and just release that I have to make it to prove to myself that I'm enough and go into this knowing that I'm enough and I'm going to give myself grace on whatever the outcome is. Mm -hmm. And because of that, and of course, all the work that I did and all the risk that I took, I ended up going from when I first moved to Australia, being the bottom of the team to not only making the team, but becoming forth. Wow. And I truly like attribute that to working on my self-worth, but also in the process of it, working on my mindset. Mm-hmm. And I really believe that these two go hand in hand because, you know, the basis of working on our self-worth. I think almost every woman has to work on her self-worth. I've met maybe mm-hmm. a couple in my life where they like are just genuinely confident and it's amazing and just let them do their thing. <laughs> yes. But for most of us, we have some core wound of not being enough or not being worthy for whatever it is, but in a, it's also a gift. Because Mm -hmm. I always had this core wound that I was never enough, but if I never had that core wound, I would have never gone on this whole crazy pursuit to the Olympic games to prove to myself that I was enough, which has driven me to do so much that I have done in my life. Yeah. And so realizing that there's a shadow and light side of every limiting belief that we have is so freaking powerful, right? Mm -hmm. Because I think sometimes we like we can, people can get into parts of this work and they go, oh, like, why do I have this? Like, I just need to like delete this belief system. I just Mm -hmm. need to let it go. But it's like, that's also doing you justice, right? That's also giving you great things. Yes. And then the other side of it in the sense of the mindset is like we, I see so many people that dare, they have these incredible dreams and they never end up manifesting them into reality. Mm -hmm. It is because they give up along the way. Because Mm -hmm. they're afraid of failure, they're afraid of judgment, they're afraid of how long it's going to take. And there are so many dreams that die in this process. We're not short of ideas, but we are short of people actually doing it. And that's where I believe that this mindset comes in, because we have this like I, I see so many people they they have a dream and then they want to, to actualize and it's like okay I'm just gonna dream it and then I'm gonna actualize it and it's gonna come next week it's like you have never watched any interesting movie or any read any interesting book that was like oh they dreamed it and then it happened like Mm-mm. that just doesn't exist <laughs> yeah it doesn't Like you will face challenge after challenge, after challenge, after challenge. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that life has to be hard, but like adversity happens for us to grow. And so, you know, in the work that I do, like showing women, like how do we shift our perspective and all the stuff that happens to us? How can Mm -hmm. we hold the vision in those moments when we feel like we want to give up? And really, Mm -hmm. you know, what I've been leaning into this past couple of years is like, how do we do the mindset work in a mm-hmm. feminine way. I saw this yeah. post actually that you put up and I'm, I'm not sure when it was, but it's like, it's not just about mindset. And I totally agree with you because mindset has to come back to, okay, it's in our mind. We have to move through it somatically or yeah. in some deeper way. Right. Cause I think yeah. we think mindset is David Goggins running a fucking marathon with a broken foot. Yeah. It's like, good on you, David Goggins. But like women don't work like that.
0: <laughs> no, no. And I question like, should anyone really actually work like that? But yeah, he's exactly. a powerful, powerful force. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So he oh. has like an incredible message in another way. But mm-hmm. I think this new wave of what I'm hoping to see in the world, at least for women, is how can we do this mindset work in a feminine way, which comes yes. from looking at our feeling our emotions like it's OK mm-hmm. for us to have a bad day and feel all the stuff that come is coming up mm-hmm. just in that we don't want to give up because of what we're feeling in this moment. You know, and then having processes to work through that and looking deeper within our psyche is like, is there part of us that is like blocking ourselves or stopping ourselves from getting to this next level? Or, you know, what lesson are we learning in this? And there's like so many other ways to look at it, as you probably know as well. But Mm -hmm. yeah, I learned the mindset from a masculine perspective of being an athlete. And then since doing this work, it's like, how do I integrate the feminine part of that as well in a way that's actually supportive for my body? (laughs)
0: yeah well to me it's like when you say that like the mindset from the masculine space like that that i think that gets to be okay and then so like the act of like you know that that really um like fiercely focused mindset work then the feminine aspect of that is can i embody it Mm -hmm. like okay i'm thinking it i'm projecting it i'm planning it i'm seeing it yes 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 great and now can I be it? Now can I mm. be it? And I do a lot of that with my clients as well. It's like, what is it that you want? This as a really simple example. And okay, so we see it, we know it, we get into the visualization of it, get into the feeling state of it, like see, smell, taste, get your senses in there, get the feminine energies in there, and then start to be that now. And so my question mm. is like for you, like who taught you courage? Cause that's what all of that took. Like you had the fear. And you had Mm. the desire, but because you hadn't done it yet, there isn't, there isn't actual confidence because we haven't done it. So it has to take courage to get you there. So like who taught you courage, bless their hearts, because so many people don't take that step because Mm. they don't know how to move with courage. So whoever,
1: who, yeah. Where did you learn that? (laughs) That's such a great question. (laughs) I really believe that my courage came from my sport. I, I, did the sport. I did synchronize swimming for so many years. And I was always kind of like the awkward when I was little, I was always like the awkward chubby girl and (laughs) in these tiny little sparkly bathing suits, bless my cotton socks. So (laughs) I love little me, right? But that was me. I was the awkward chubby girl on the side. And I realized that if I went into the pool and I swam feeling and embodying, like I was the awkward chubby girl, that looks weird. Like it does. Like, have you ever seen someone that go out, goes out there and like does a dance, but like they can feel that they look like an idiot. So then they look like an idiot just because Mm -hmm. they're thinking that they look like an Mm -hmm. idiot. Mm -hmm. And so what I learned, you know, it was literally conditioned into me because I started when I was eight years old. It's like, if I go out there and compete, and even if I don't feel confident, if I pretend that I'm confident, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. then I look more confident and then it actually looks better overall. And Mm -hmm. so it's this, I say this and I, a lot of people have an issue with this word, but I, this phrase, but I, I believe it in a different way. It was this fake it till you make it, but mm-hmm. it wasn't like, I'm going to be fake. I think that's what people misinterpret mm-hmm. in that. It's not, I'm going to be inauthentic. It's,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I realized from a young age, if I step into a higher version of myself and mm-hmm. I just pretend to embody and be this woman, even if it's yep. for three, four or five minutes when I'm in the pool, mm-hmm. if I do that more often, I'm eventually going to become her. And then it's becoming that next level of her and then becoming that next level of her. And so I really learned through sport of like how to lean into fear. You know, Mm -hmm. I would stand there on if you have if anyone has ever watched synchronized swimming, it's Mm -hmm. an incredible sport and I suggest you YouTube it. But part of what we do is we have to stand on stage before the music starts and then you dive in the pool. And those like 10 seconds when you're in your whatever silly pose that you're in and you were just waiting to get in the water is like the longest 10 seconds of your life. You feel like you're going to throw up. And the hardest thing is, you know, that you're about to dive in the water and do the hardest thing that you have ever done because Mm -hmm. you're it's hypoxic training, you're up and under, you're holding your breath for half of it. Your heart rate's at 180 beats per minute. You're, you get so much lactic acid in your body. You feel like you're gonna pass out. You're literally fighting your mind to tell you that you are gonna be okay because your lungs are screaming at you because you need breath, but you need to keep going. And every time you pop up, you have to smile. And so I had to learn that I had to lean into that. And even though I was terrified, when I was little <laughs> up until the moment I went to the Olympics and beyond on the other side I would always be proud of myself that I did it mm-hmm. and so I trained my brain to really see and believe it's like you can do the hard thing and mm-hmm. you'll be proud that you did it and I really believe that in those little those little pieces of courage over those years led me to take bigger leaps in my life mm-hmm. you know and I'm not saying everyone needs to take up synchronized swimming <laughs> but it's like it really is the tiny little building blocks. It's like going mm-hmm. and doing the thing that you are afraid to do, going mm-hmm. in, uh, walking up to that person, having a conversation, going to that event, going mm-hmm. to the gym in the morning, you know, when you don't feel like it, it's like, how mm-hmm. can you allow yourself to build that muscle in little ways? Because eventually you're going to have a moment where you have to take a bigger leap and you're actually going to have a lot of self-trust, even though you're scared and you're going to mm-hmm. lean in anyways. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the way you describe that is
0: like, that's manifestation process. It's like, and so fake it till you make it, or could it be like, be it like be Mm -hmm. in the energy Mm -hmm. of until you actually just are it. And whether it's, yeah, like training for the Olympics or going to the gym in the morning, because you made a decision that you want to be the fittest at 40 than you've ever been in your whole life. Well, what is that going to take? It's going to take dedication to your fitness. So being that, like being in the energy of it's, it's it's really quite simple.
1: <laughs> yeah, it <laughs> is do the thing, and, and yeah. that I think that from a mindset perspective, what helps me is like, am I going to be proud of? Like, it might be hard now in the next five mm-hmm. minutes, but am I going to be proud after? Right, mm-hmm. and a lot of times we choose what's easy now. And it's hard mm-hmm. in the long term as opposed to mm-hmm. what's hard now and easy in the long term. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, if you can start to shift, you know, whether mm-hmm. it be like habits that you take or like a diet that you're like a different way of eating that you're wanting to change mm-hmm. or a different person that you're wanting to be, like, how can you learn that and train your brain to realize that the hard now is going to be easy in the long term? Like, here's a s- stupid example. When <laughs> I was. <laughs> um like 12 i had this obsession with yogurt (laughs) and (laughs) i also was lactose intolerant so like (laughs) yogurt ain't good for me right not good Uh -uh. um and i started to realize as i like developed this lactose intolerant is like if i eat (laughs) the yogurt now which feels good now I am not going to feel good later. (laughs) Uh Uh And so I train my brain to the fact that like yogurt, like it like disgusts me, like dairy yogurt disgusts me because it's not good for my body because Uh my body can't process it very well. You know, so therefore I like train myself to, even that's something that was so hard in the short term because I love my yogurt. I like eventually (laughs) gave it up and I don't even crave it, right? So Uh it's just like this silly little way of like, I, I, and that helps me with ever anything. Like I wanted, I went for a run earlier today and I was like, I knew that I wanted to do it, but I also didn't want to do it because you know, mm-hmm. the duality, but I was yeah. like, I'm going to feel good afterwards. Okay. So I'm just going to focus on the afterwards instead of the hard and the now, because mm-hmm. that's going to give me the motivation to go.
0: hmm Yeah. I love that. Um, what is the most, I don't even know how to ask this question and I don't know if you can answer it. Cause I know that I struggle when I get asked questions similar to this, but working with women is, are you noticing a theme? Like what is, what is the, like, what is the thing that we're struggling with? What are you most hearing from your female clients, women coming to retreat and working with you in one-on-one
1: spaces? There's a couple of things and, and maybe I can't speak to this as like a global truth, but mm-hmm. it might be just processes of what, you know, I'm working on embodying in my journey and the lessons that I've learned. Three things that I notice is consistently women's self-worth and confidence, mm-hmm. like, and and that relating so deeply to women's body image. You know, yeah. I like I said, I've only met a couple of women in my life that had, don't have some issues with their body or have, mm-hmm. you know, have had them or have had to work through them. Um, and then uh, burnout, women mm-hmm. overworking and making themselves exhausted. And then also noticing a lot more recently, like women's relationship to, if you're a heterosexual woman, like women's relationship to men and mm-hmm. their safety around men. Uh, we've had, uh, that was a big theme at our our last retreat that just came up naturally. And we had a lot of reels that have gone viral recently around mm-hmm. like this fear of men and um, healing that relationship with men. And it's been, heartbreaking and eye-opening to read the comments and just see how many women are struggling with that.
0: I've seen those reels and I've read some of the comments and yeah. it is wild. Yeah. And the work I just pause on that. The work that you guys are doing as a couple is really beautiful. So thank you. Thank you. It's
1: yeah. really it it's 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 interesting because people said to us we initially weren't planning to run women's only retreats. And even women at our last retreat said to us, they're like, I thought it was kind of weird that Luke is here <laughs> at first, Lucas, is my husband. Um, and then they're like, but then it makes so much sense because uh-huh. we hold that masculine and that feminine really uh-huh. well. And Luca, I mean, his own experience within his life, you know, he's an incredible person, but he's grown. he grew up in a really violent household uh-huh. um, and he saw a lot of violence against his mother. So he, uh-huh. at the same time, like, even though it might seem different to people initially he is such an advocate for women like women standing up for themselves because mm-hmm. he was um became a victim to mm-hmm. a, an oppressed woman in his life and so like yeah. he has such a passion for inspiring women too which is really beautiful mm-hmm. but it would be weird if he did them by himself so like yeah, you know right. and I bring my own part to that too so it's really beautiful to do it together and it's something that we're just absolutely. I mean, you do retreats, like there's just Mm -hmm. no words, like they are the coolest thing in the world. (laughs) Truly. And so the last, yeah, I do hold. So
0: I held a retreat recently Well, in November. So we're, we're February right now. It's a few months ago and we had two men and eight women and There's something about a, there's something really potent. Like you spoke to earlier of being in circle with women and being in containers just with women. And then there's a whole, it's not deeper, but it's a different and as potent experience when we're co-ed, like the healing Mm -hmm. that can happen when the men come together with the women with the same intention of, of coming together is so fucking powerful And like, you know, my partner, right? Well, you've known my partner longer than I've known my partner.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And and that's so funny. I didn't think about it, but yes. Yeah. I've known him him. longer than you've known, Ken. That's so wild. (laughs) You would probably, you know him better than me though. (laughs) I know. Oh, I know him
0: differently. yeah. Yeah. But it's so many women that I know that I've worked with him. They're like, And you know what? Wow. my Me, myself, actually. So prior to being in a relationship with Cam, I was in a breathwork journey with Cam online, which still surprises me that online breath can still be as powerful as it is. But Mm -hmm. nonetheless, I went into the breath journey without any intention of – I don't think I went in with any intention. And what was coming up for me, and it was him leading and then he had – his support, Ryan kind of just like holding the space. And I think there might've been a couple other people holding the space. And what was coming up for me was like, I'm going to say sexual trauma and I will state I've never had any, we'll go quote unquote, severe sexual trauma, but there have been partners. I didn't really want to be having sex with mistreating of my body. Like, you know, disrespect, like very overly common, I think sexual Mm -hmm. trauma. And it was coming up in such a profound way. And it was bizarre to me because I didn't even know I was holding it. And I know for a fact that it wouldn't have come up if I had a female facilitating me Mm. and up and was held so beautifully by the masculine. And Mm. so my experience with male facilitators has been incredible. And Mm. the feedback that I heard even for Cam through all of the women that have been in his programs, have been the same, like, I didn't even know I had issues with men or like I've had issues with men and you're the first man that I've ever allowed to like support me or hold me. And it's life changing. It really, really Mm -hmm. is. And, and I think also on the flip side and I can't fully speak for them, but even just the feedback of men in my containers and my retreats, like being in spaces with women and doing this work together Mm -hmm. is it's just so healing. It's so connecting and it's so important. And so coming back to you guys, like, yes, and thank you and more please like
1: yeah yes. mm-hmm. cam and also to give credit to cam cam is my favorite person that i've ever been held for, in held space for in breath work like yeah i think he's like top dog for me oh, his he's next level he is he's amazing and mm-hmm. i we were going to be running a retreat in canada which didn't end up working out but i said to luca i was like i want cam mm. <laughs> I like he's the he's very holds similar, but different energy to Luca, where he's so safe and so mm-hmm. neutral. And it's, it's even interesting seeing all these reels that have gone viral. So many people there's, if, if you go on my Instagram, you'll see there's a hug between Luca, my husband, and this woman who was at our retreat. Mm-hmm. So many people sexualize that
0: and yeah. it's so
1: fascinating because all of us that were in the room like there was nothing sexual about it right yeah and, but the comments that people make is like you know and then he grabbed her ass and then you know and then you know, then she yeah like people oh, people uh, and then he got a boner uh, or then you know like oh my God. she got attached to him and it's like if anything those comments just were, those comments only reflect how those those people's issues and <laughs> right because mm-hmm. it and, and i mean you are inspiring me from from saying this but like We don't see enough safe platonic healing between men and women Mm -hmm. um, that isn't a romantic thing, right? We see couples work, which is beautiful Mm -hmm. in and of itself, but we don't really see that platonic because we're so used to from media and like everything we see online for it to be sexualized. Yeah. Um, and there's so much healing that can go on when a safe woman or a safe man holds space for each other. And there literally is nothing else to that, right? Because that person is more a representation of that gender for the mm-hmm. most part, as opposed mm-hmm. to, you know, being sexualized or the issues that you've had with it. Probably just like yeah. you felt with Cam, right? Yeah. Um, totally. And yeah, and he, he he Cam holds such a safe space for women. It's really beautiful.
0: Yeah. And like coming back to the, Yeah. Men and women being in spaces together. It's like, we're all, we're all a bit wounded. Like we've all gone through some shit. And, Mm. and if we haven't, our family has our ancestors Mm -hmm. has. And so by default we have, and it's that coming together as, as can we just come together as humans? Like, can we just come together as like little ones? Like my little one is really fucking hurt. (laughs) And Mm. Oh, your little one is really hurt. And so we're going to come together and it's, yeah, I, I do see it you know do i wish that the whole world was in this work yes and 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 i see that would solve world. all of our problems it would solve <laughs> everything. come to a breathwork yeah. journey you're going to be fine yeah yeah There's no more no more violence in the world uh it's happening though you know it's happening and yeah and the comments that showed up on your reels in the not so bright light it's just proof that this like Okay, I'm going to keep working. There's more work to do. There's more work to do. There's more work to do and what a gift that is. And oh, and like how powerful when those individuals have that moment of, "Oh my god, it's not the way I thought it was." Like it's using the word again, like that is a reclamation. Like they get their whole I'm going to say like almost like life back. They get to like rethink everything and they get to do everything differently as soon as they realize that everything isn't actually what you've been told it was mm-hmm. or what your inner dialogue thinks it is
1: and and even you know that that moment in the retreat and then hearing she actually told us about her experience of it afterwards because we saw it but we obviously didn't know what was going through her mind in that and she was just sharing how it was like be having space held like that and, and basically the essence of it is they were both standing across from each other and she mm-hmm. was just expressing you know what she felt about men from mm-hmm. her life experience and eventually Luke when she had had her time to process Luke asked if he could give her a hug mm-hmm. and then that was a big release and that she was saying how there was all these layers being ripped off mm-hmm. um, and she has let us um told us that it's okay for her to share that that her experience mm-hmm. of it and it's it's been really beautiful that she has allowed us to share that but it has shown me on a deeper level is like the power of being I, I don't want to use this word because I'm not, but i'm going to use it for context and understanding Mm -hmm. the power of being a healed person Mm -hmm. in this world and just being yourself can be Mm -hmm. a force of healing for so many fucking people, Mm -hmm. right? You know, Mm -hmm. the amount of people that I have been in rooms with where like them just being in their light and being in their wholeness has been so healing for me to experience, Mm -hmm. even if I've never had a conversation with them. And I feel like even for me, that's such a motivation to like continue this work and be the embodiment of this work. Mm -hmm. Because yes, there's going to be people that I teach and I speak to, but there might be people that, you know, just are, and I'm not saying I'm not fucking Gandhi or anything. I'm just like, yeah. that might be in my presence or I might be in someone yeah. else's presence because yeah. we've probably all, you've probably experienced that. You're just around someone and you feel different because yeah. of how they embody the work that they have done.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Uh, yeah. And it like, it's, it's never done. <laughs>
1: never done. It's never done. It's just next levels of it, right? Yeah, totally. There's, there's new just, levels. Just,
0: Deeper and more and deeper and more. And I, and yeah. that to me is like such a great gift. Like how boring would life be if we had it all figured out yeah. and like nothing to do. Yeah. Yeah. Be brutal. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh wow. I love this all. Do you what do you have coming up? What do you what do you have on the go? How can people yes. land um, in your
1: world? Me and Luca have a masterclass coming up, depending mm-hmm. when this comes out. Um, called Raise the Bar. Right
0: now it's coming out on February
1: 26th. Oh, amazing. So we have a masterclass on February 28th coming out on raise Hmm. the bar, elevating your standards in your relationship Mm -hmm. to attract the partner or to, to be with the partner of your dreams. And then I have my mindset, um, program for women coming out called magnetic, um, which is coming out on the fourth of the fourth. That's we're starting on the fourth of the fourth. So April 4th. Um, and that's like a more, in-depth program of everything that I've been speaking of and I share all of the things that I learned from the Olympics elite level sports psychologists also interwoven with all the inner work that I do now um, to really Mm -hmm. master that mindset on, on in your own world so I love that work as well
0: beautiful so I'll put that in the show notes if you haven't sent that over to me get that in okay I will get that over and I'll get it out. This has been such Um, a
1: juicy conversation. I can't even believe that. I feel like I just blinked and it's gone. I know. I'm like, (laughs) we could keep talking. I have nothing to do for another hour.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We could totally keep jamming. Is is there anything like front of mind present that you feel like jamming on?
1: Can I ask you uh, Mm -hmm. if if you could totally get this out if you don't talk about it? What is the work that you've had to do to be in relationship with Cam? Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, um,
0: dating the wrong people and staying in those for too long to appease them and to, um, almost like more so to deflate and minimize my intuition, like really known, like I've known, I've always known this isn't the right person. This isn't right. And I stay because I turn that part of me off. I've turned that in. Nope. That's, that's not right. And, um, mm -hmm. so it's been a lot of (laughs) mindset and, (laughs) and like really turning that, I call it like my inner witness, that part of me, that's like really present to all parts that, that part that's present to my anger, my fear, my jealousy, my sadness, my pleasure, my rage, all of it, just turning her all the way on so that she's not missing a beat. Like, so that every time there's a feeling in me, she's on it. And, and what that means is allowing all of those expressions fully through. So it's been a T like a decluttering. I've been allowing myself to feel things that I haven't felt before. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of grief, a lot of, yeah, a lot of, a lot of grief, to move through and underneath that, cause I think there's also this, there's definitely a worthiness piece there, but for me, what it was is, um, fear of, and it started with my mom passing. It was this, the one person that I loved the most mm-hmm. left, she left me. Yeah. And so I armored up, I totally armored up. And didn't allow my heart to be fully fulfilled because if it was fully fulfilled, it would also mean I'd gone. have to, they would be gone yeah. and I'd have to be really present with, with the other side of that fully fulfilled, which was the grief. And so I just dated people that weren't right for me so that I could always be the one to be like, peace I'm out. And they so would you never protected yourself.
1: Me. Yeah. So they wouldn't leave. Oh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What a beautiful thing to witness in yourself. my goodness. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And like, I've told Cam uh, and I like recently, or I said it to someone recently, like he's the first person that I am like, you could crush me. Like it would absolutely crush me and I'm going to go anyway. It's that like courage. Like it just, mm. it's, it it's so it's everything I've ever wanted. Yeah. And so there just had to be that trust that like, nope, just go. Yeah. We're just going to go. And yeah, if he leaves, it'll be devastating. If, you know, if this comes to an end, that'll be a thing to to look at. I don't feel like it's going that direction, but it was a huge piece for me. And to get there, sorry, I kind of like skipped a piece, a piece. I had to go back and actually really, really look at the death of my mom, which I had put on the back burner because I didn't want to go there. It was too hard. Yeah. So I I have actually like come back after like 18 years. It's now been 20 years wow. And like open that can of worms up and, and allowed myself to feel all of that.
1: That is so beautiful to hear because Mm. I think people think that they got to, and of course you got to do the work to attract, uh, you know, attract the person into your life, but also like the work fucking begins when you like meet your aligned person, right? Like, because exactly what you said, like the work never it always continues because there's a new level of it. And mm-hmm. even, and I'm navigating this with some of my clients at the moment, even when you get everything you want, there's a level of having to, you know, figure that out because yeah. it all, almost everyone has this moment of like, oh shit, yeah. what if it goes? And I had that yeah. even with, with me and Luca when we got together years ago, because he's gone through an incredible like growth journey, but he was like very non-committal and he wanted to be polyamorous, which is no judgment to that. That's just not what I wanted. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I I saw the potential of who we could be. Mm-hmm. And I think both of, both of us had to grow so much to become the people that we are today to be in this relationship that we're in. But I had this conscious moment where I'm like, I could dive in and experience the greatest love of my life, but I could also mm-hmm. experience the greatest hurt of my life. But I'm willing to possibly experience the greatest hurt because I want to know what it tastes like to have the greatest love. Oh, I have chills again. <laughs> and that was like so powerful because when you meet someone in that mm-hmm. who's willing to like walk the path with you like there is work in that absolutely oh. but like there's like i didn't realize i never heard a narrative that relationship gets to be this fucking good mm-hmm. and that it gets to get better and better like it mm-hmm. was it has been it just is new levels of better Right. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we see this dialogue of relationship, which is like, oh, you know, but it's so funny, even getting married, like the things that people say to us, like, how's the ball and chain? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, I, and both of us like, no, this is not a ball and chain. Like, I'm, I choose to be this person. This person makes me fucking joy. The favorite human on the planet. Like, it's yeah. wonderful. And every day isn't butterflies and rainbows. Right. Yeah. But like when you're willing to face each other and face yourself and do that work, like what I've experienced in relationship is like, what is like, keep pushing the ceiling of what, how great, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. how much ecstasy, how much bliss, how much mm-hmm. orgasm, how much mm-hmm. everything that you can feel. And our relationship has been such a great, like cultivator for that in the other areas of our life. But I yeah. share, I share this because I wish that I heard this. I didn't hear yeah. this dialogue about relationship when I was growing up.
0: Same. Yeah. 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 Yeah, like even, yeah, I think about, and I don't know if it's a generational thing, but there was a lot of settling Mm. before, which I totally did. I learned that. I learned that settling was a thing. And so I settled my whole life to the point even where I left my last relationship. And I will preface like, I I say I dated the wrong men. I dated really good men. I dated nice men. I dated loving men. They just were not my people. And my last partnership was like the sweetest man. And, I phoned my dad and my stepmom to be like, "Hey, you know, we're splitting up." And, and they're like, "Oh, why?" And I was like, "Well, to be honest, like we're really just friends. Like we we were friends who live together." And my stepmom was like, "Well, what so what? Why is that a big deal?" And I was like, "Cuz I would like to have sex, Mary, because I would like to have sex." <laughs> I would like to And I would like to have sex." And she was like, "Ah, yeah, well, I don't know. I mean, go have sex somewhere else." And I was like, "Oh my god." Like, oh my gosh, really? Yeah. They were just like, Whoa. Oh, I don't know why you would leave. Like, just stay. He's a good guy. What? That's why like don't what? you more for me as your child? Yeah. It was fascinating. It's fascinating. So yeah. But that's
1: you know, to be fair, it could be a level of that. just all they know, right? And I think yeah. for women too, it was we're so lucky to be alive in this day and age. Like 150 years ago, it was like, you just got to find someone because it is it is safety, right? And yeah. so good enough is good enough, right? Because you yeah. don't have time or, or space or capacity mm-hmm. or like the safety to shop around, right? Whereas right. it's like, we have that luxury nowadays. And I see that mm-hmm. with women too. And it's it, it, it the whole reason why we started to run our retreats is like, because I really believe, I love that quote from Marianne Williamson. It's not your greatest fear. It's your light that you're dark, not your darkness that you're afraid of. Because yeah. owning your light as a human being, when you're starting to do this work, is so triggering for, for other people because you yeah. pour light onto their shadows, mm-hmm. and even like in friendships, you know that I have me owning, you know, just speaking to friends and it's like, oh, they don't, you know, th- their partner is lovely, beautiful, but it's like you know they don't really have sex, or mm-hmm. and I'm like. Oh, i have a wonderful sex life i have a great relationship like that's fucking intimidating to own that yeah. right because we have this dialogue that's like oh people that are like that are like too much or like full of themselves mm-hmm. and we all you know if you haven't done the work you you like to like trauma bond and toxic bond mm-hmm. not like inspiration bond right and mm-hmm. so i think but in all of that these conversations are so important because it's like if we allow ourselves to lean into that fear, that next level of fear beyond the settling of like, okay, maybe what if I don't find this person, but what if I do? Usually Mm -hmm. when you lean into that, you end up, you do. You do find Mm -hmm. that, you know, on the Mm -hmm. other side of the work because Mm -hmm. you believe that there's more and so therefore there is.
0: Exactly. And it's making me think that anyone who is (laughs) still in the narrative of there are no good men. There are no good women. Everyone cheats. uh, Whatever the story is. Yeah. Then yes, correct. That is exactly what you will find. Absolutely. You're right. And so again, it's like, it's changing that narrative. So it's that mindset. It's changing the narrative and it's changing the energy. Like, okay. So Mm -hmm. if you want to call in your dream partner, who are you When you have that dream partner, like who does that dream partner Mm. deserve? Can you be in that energy of her or him now Mm. and let that magnet like find itself? But if you're like, there are no good men, men suck, men cheat, we're all energy. We're all energy. We're all all little magnets. And I'm pretty sure that that is not a magnetizing energy. It's kind of (laughs) repelling. And so it's pretty easy math to be like, well, (laughs) they're just getting further and further away. Yeah
1: yeah it's it's so interesting because i i hear so many women say that there's no good men and it's like i'm very grateful that that has actually never been i have other stuff i need to work on that's not a core wound of mine in my Mm -hmm. life i actually have a beautiful relationship with my father and i know that's a lot of women's story that's never been my story therefore i see good men all the time mm-hmm. like yeah and even before cam when cam was single i was like i'm like saying to i'm like i can name like 15 incredible men that are single right now that are mm-hmm. in my vicinity and they are there because i'm obviously in a relationship and and i'm so happy in my relationship but i'm saying that i see that because that's my belief system yeah. right and so therefore they show up all the time yes um, and we have to shift that within ourselves because like Mm -hmm. we will perpetuate the reality that we're telling ourselves. So if you're telling yourself that there's no good men, you're never going to see them around. I see good men all the time. They pop up in my field. I need to become a matchmaker because
0: (laughs) (laughs) I have so many single men friends.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Same. They're everywhere. They're floating around everywhere. They're just waiting for the women to see them. Just, they just want to be seen just like we do. do.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. It's Love really cool to see you and wherever your relationship goes. I'm so happy for you <laughs> and Cam knowing I met Cam when I was in Bali, like almost five years ago. And mm-hmm. um, he was in a different relationship then. And he's gone through mm-hmm. his own process. But when I heard about you guys together and heard a little bit of your story, I said to him and I saw him a few weeks ago, I was like, you guys are perfect for each other. Like it yeah. makes so much sense. Like, I get it. I get why you found yeah. each other, like your past and your fitness background and your breath work and your like, just the way that you own yourselves. Like, it's really cool to see. I didn't know you before I met him, but you know, I it's so cool to see two epic humans find each other, um, yeah. whatever your journey may be. And so I just want you to know that like, very, ha- very, very, very happy for you cheering you guys on from from over the pond. Thank (laughs) you. Yeah.
0: You know, it's so cool. It was actually, and we we still talk about it sometimes. So we have uh, like uh, a lot of our community is mixed. Like a lot of people in my community have been in his community or vice versa. So there's a lot of people who know both of us and the amount of messages we got and continue to get from people who know us. And I've had messages from people who don't know him at all. Yeah. And, and it's always like, oh my God, of course I've been waiting for this. This makes so much sense. Absolutely. I had clients who, when Cam and I were just friends and we were collaborating on a retreat in Costa Rica together, and it was like super platonic, both in partnerships. Um, I had clients and friends who had messaged and they're like, it's this guy, this is your guy, this is your person. Like, tell me this is your person. And I was always like, it's not my person. Like we're just friends. So many people were oh like, gosh, "Oh, finally, so this funny. makes so much sense." So it feels like a very, very like deeply supportive.
1: The world is cheering you guys on! Yay! Totally.
0: I feel it. Yeah, it feels yeah. really good.
1: Do you feel more? <laughs> Leave me in you. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel different? Like, does your life force energy feel different being in relationship?
0: Oh, hundred percent. And it's so interesting as well. Like I have two business coaches that work together, but two business coaches. And the moment Cam and I like verbalized that there was a thing here between us, it was like within days they were like, what has happened to your energy? Your social media is different. The way you're showing up Mm -hmm. in calls is different. The stuff you're sharing online is different. Like whatever this is, Yes. And, and I've heard that so many times, like my energy being in this relationship, it's like, it's my truth. It's like, I'm finally Mm -hmm. here. It's almost like this version of me has just been waiting and like, let me out, let me out. But I never felt contained. I never felt safe. I never felt held. I always felt like I had to hold everything. And now being with a man who can like hold that structure and hold the masculine. So I can just like, oh my God, like lean back and show up as my truth it's yeah I'm a completely different person but like my true person Mm. that makes
1: sense it's it's really cool to hear that that's what I felt in relationship um and like when you choose each other not just like you Mm -hmm. know casual because it's like I feel like what if you if if you choose monogamy and you're with your person like you become such an incredible unit that you make each other better like it's such Mm -hmm. a beautiful journey and um so you're proving my theory correct, basically. (laughs) You're welcome. Yeah. So not to, yeah, for anyone out there, like it's it's, holding your standard for your person is absolutely Mm -hmm. worth it because life does get better um, Mm -hmm. in many ways. Yeah, it does. Uh, Any more questions, boss?
0: (laughs) No, I'm good. (laughs) Uh, This just like flipped around. I love it. I'm here for it. Okay. I'm going to I don't know, gather myself and yeah. we're going to tie this up with a sweet little bow. So you mentioned okay. your masterclass and you mentioned your bigger offering coming in April. Is yes. there anything
1: else? And where can we find you? Yeah. You can check out my Instagram, which is different. I've changed my name. The Danielle Reedy, R-E-E-D-Y. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have a podcast called the Beautiful Souls Podcast as well. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to mm-hmm. find more of it um my voice and if you've enjoyed this just come over on Instagram and say hi we'd love to hear from you and you can check out on our Instagram you can find more about our retreats we have one coming up in Bali in June
0: love me some Bali yeah same okay I'll put all of that in the show notes so it's easy easy peasy
1: amazing this has been so fun thanks for you for letting me ask you questions (laughs) oh my pleasure
0: that was fun that uh, every podcast needs to be like that now I won't even stop the call until they've asked me three questions. Yeah, (laughs) love it. Standard. Um, I love you. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's It's been such a pleasure. Mm -hmm. Bye. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode. If you would like to go deeper, if you're a little curious about what else there might be, I want to invite you to join me inside of my online community. The Essentials is a place where we gather as community every single week in live calls. We drop in together bi-weekly for live breathwork journeys. We have guest teachers every month to share their magic and their wisdom. And that's on top of over 200 guided practices, including movement, yoga, fitness, meditation, and breathwork, and so much more. And as a listener, please go ahead and use code RECLAIMED at checkout to save 50% off your first month. And if you have just a hot second, would you go ahead and leave a rating and or review? It helps me out. Oh, so much. Love you to bits and I'll see you on the next episode.